You are joining Making a Difference with Melissa Clark, a new show that shares the compelling stories and voices of well-known and everyday people who change the world in big and small ways. Enjoy our guests. Call in or just listen to Be Inspired for this show was made with you in mind. Please join us every Saturday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time with our special guests. And you can listen to our recast at www.melissaclarkshow.com. I'm Melissa Billy Clark, and thank you for tuning in to Making a Difference. Robert Fennaro got his first big break on the iconic hit show, The Sopranos. Till then, his career has landed him roles next to Jessica Biel in The Sinner, Quincy Tyler Bernstein and Ray Donovan, and his latest role in The Irishman with the amazing Robert De Niro. His acting is impeccable and his hidden talent is delectable. Robert is a quintessential New Yorker and his Italian heritage shines through each dish he makes. There's an old Italian saying, cucinare con amore, which means cooking with love. And that's exactly what Robert does. You can find all of his food posts on his Instagram at Robert underscore Fanaro. We teamed up with Foodie TV and Robert to discuss his two passions, cooking and acting. For our radio side, please head over to our YouTube channel, Melissa Billy Clark, for the visual. Check it out. This particular dish, you can get the pasta done. Uh, this is a little bit of trick from uh, Chef Vitale. Mm -hmm. Mario Batali says, get your pasta all done because then you don't have to wait <laughs> a million years uh, when you're throwing everything together and everything. So we're going to just do that. You can use, um, uh, I have small shells today, but uh, my favorite is, I didn't have them. I used mm -hmm. them uh, a couple weeks back, Ditalini. Mm -hmm. Ditalini. But uh, what kind of pasta small... is that, Ditalini? It's number, Ditalini is, is like uh, little tubes. Oh, okay. They're little tubes. So we're gonna throw this first and then we'll get to the nitty gritty. Okay, great. To the, to the meat of the dish. So, but Thank this is you. easy. Thank you uh, so much for cooking for us problem. today. Uh, I added the salt to the boiling water. Everyone knows that. But if you don't, you never know. So we'll just throw that in there like that, like mm -hmm. so. And we'll give it a little stir because it's gonna stick, you know? And how long does that usually take? Uh, it'll just take about 10, 12 minutes, all depending on how you like it. I like it al dente. Al dente. Yeah. Tell us what al dente is for al dente the, is, the uh, Irishman. It's slight, a little slightly firm. It's not cooked through and through. So instead of 15 minutes to cook pasta, you may want to take it, uh, taste it, because we always taste it. At about 12 or 13 minutes, you taste the pasta. And again, it's, you feel that like it's cooked, but it, it's not, uh, it's edible, not hard. You know, you don't want to get anything that's hard. Right. At the same time, you want to, you want to kind of in, in your sink. I don't have to show you uh, a colander. You want to put that in your sink. And also what you want to do is you want to collect some of the starch water from the uh, pasta. It's always good to have in dishes like this, these dry dishes, because if it's not soupy enough, you can just add a little bit, which we'll add in the end uh, to the dish. And some people like a little bit of soup and uh -huh. some people don't, but it doesn't kind of, the pasta water that's boiled and everything doesn't really, um, 
interfere with the taste of the peas and macaronis. Why okay. is that? Why is that done? Because I know that Rachel Ray does that, and I started doing it because it just gives it a nice, you know, liquidy. Well, well the starch, the starch water, the starch water is boiled and has some starch in it. it. It's kind of like almost like a chicken broth, only you know, like chicken broth, but not like chicken broth. But it's just a lot better to use in your dishes mm -hmm. occasionally if they come out a little bit. Dishes like this have a tendency for the pasta and the and the uh, shells to absorb uh, the tomato sauce and, and stuff like that. So we use the pound of pasta, and now we use two small onions. We'll get to the onion part, okay? All right. So, so we're, we're gonna watch. We're gonna watch you chop it, and I'm gonna start asking you some questions about. Yeah, you can watch me chop it. Uh, these are these are Dione Lucas knives. I found them. My mentor, Richard Bright, who played Al Neri in The Godfather. Uh, when he passed away, God rest his soul. Mm, um, sorry. He, that's, yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, it was a very tragic thing. He was struck by a bus on the Upper West Side and crossing the street. So that's what's made it more tragic. He, I, you know, when he was clearing out his apartment, his, his wife said, you know, I could take some of the things. So I took these and I put them down my basement mm. and um, I didn't never use them. But then I lost a knife, <laughs> believe it or not, a knife that I had a couple, a couple of butcher knives and I lost one. And I said, you know what? I go downstairs and see if I have any knives. And I, and I found these and they're called Diona Lucas. She was the first woman female to have a talk show, cooking talk show in the 1940s before the French chef. You can look her up. And she made this line of knives, you see, with the square tip. And our pasta is, is boiling over, but that's okay. <laughs> so Diona so, Lucas. This, these, and, yeah. they, and I looked at their value. I mean, I would never sell them. Their value is very, it's like a $50 knife. They're, they're wonderfully, uh, and they're made with this, this um, uh, Japanese alloy. They're made in Japan called Molo, Molo, Molo Denim. It's an alloy that makes the steel quite hard and the edge stays sharp like a razor. And this is over like 30 years old. And I washed them off and they're like brand new. So I was like very like happy to get this. So tell, yeah. tell us how it was growing up in Brooklyn. Brooklyn was a, was a great place. But I really, um, I really enjoyed coming to Staten Island because I was able to uh, uh, um, do a lot more because it's so crowded, you know? Even back then it was crowded. You know? Right, right. So, what do you think of the, pr the price of the Verrazano Bridge is how much without well, Easy Pass? Well, I have the, I have the, uh, the, 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 the break, the, uh, the break because I'm a Staten Islander. So yeah. it's affordable, but if they, if they take that back, it's going to be terrible, you know, because now they're doing it two ways. Mm. I don't know whether or not they're charging for two ways and we're taking, and we're like always looking at our pasta to make sure and it's still, it's still cooking. Okay. So, right. So, you know, it's still, you know, they're still, they're still doing it. You know what I mean? They're, I hope that it doesn't go up because it's terrible. You know, it's just people, I mean, it's crazy. Health insurance, everything's going up, you know? Yeah, it probably will go up. It goes up every, how many years, Robert, would you say? Uh, every couple know. of years. Every couple of years, you know, I mean, we do get a break being in Staten Island, you know, in Staten Island, which is a good thing. Right. Uh, you know, so, uh, so, and we only, we only pay like 540 to, you know, yeah. go over the bridge, which is great, you know? But if that changes, it'll be bad. Now I do the traditional cut method of, I don't know if you can see it. I cut across mm -hmm. and then I cut the other way and I kind of get the chop. I don't, I'm not the fancy Cousinot guy. 
How I small are you, are you making it? How small are you making the yeah, little, little cubes, little cubes, and then at the end, you can't really get to the end. So you see, you see this, uh, and, and then you know, actually, I should turn around, but I'm lefty, that's the problem. And then you're just getting these little cubes, you know. And are you crying at all? How come you're not no, crying? No, no, no I crying involved, no crying involved. I know. Well, how I'm, come I cry? How come some of us I cry? Keep my distance, like my exes, you know, the exes. <laughs> that they have. I know how to keep. I, I've learned from the from my from my past mistakes. <laughs> you keep your distance, or you're gonna wind up crying. Yeah, too much. That's wonderful. Now tell us, when did you get the acting bug as you're cutting the onions? And they're chopped really nicely and they're all done. And then we'll, what we'll do is we'll take a look at, well, we'll take a look at the, um, always got to look at your pasta. You don't want to mm -hmm. overcook it. You know what I'm saying? You don't want to overcook. These shells are going to cook really quick. So I'll take one. I'll taste it. Is it, is it, is it al dente? A little bit more. Right. Right. But as I said, 10, 12 minutes, if you're like one of these people that are like, you know, he, he didn't say how many minutes, you know what I mean? He didn't say how many minutes. He didn't give me all the... <laughs> Robert De Niro face. So I, I started, um, my uncle, Father Fanaro, he had this, um, he started this thing in Howard Beach called the Gratian Players, Our Lady of Grace there. Mm -hmm. One of the churches, he was a priest to raise money for the church because his passion was theater, always theater. And he, and he started out directing. We're adding a little bit of oil to our bottom of our cast iron pan. I would say about an eighth of an inch. Is it olive oil? It's the extra virgin olive oil, eighth of an inch. Uh, this was filled up, so now it's like half full. Mm -hmm. But, you know, about an eighth of an inch. Don't be, don't be stingy with it, because it's good. We want to heat it up, and then we'll get back to uh, on a medium flame. And we're going to look at our pasta once more time. And I'm going to tell you, I just want to get the pasta out of the way and then everything else could be. Sure. We really, we don't really want to overcook the pasta. Did you ever make homemade pasta before at home? No, I never did, but this is ready. Okay. And you need. Do you like drink. homemade pasta? I love homemade pasta. <laughs> homemade pasta is great. Uh, nochi and stuff like that. I really want to learn how to do it. And also, I want to learn how to do gavadil. My my gavadil, my um, grandma used to make homemade gavadil at the at the end of uh, you know when she was really late in her life. She didn't really do it early. Mm -hmm. No time for that with all the kids. Yeah. So I'm just draining my pasta. You can't see it, but I'm draining it quite slowly because I want to, I want to, I don't want to overflow the little catch bowl I have for the starch water. I have a like a little catch bowl for the starch water. Can't show that, but. Any bowl would do to keep the, the grab some starch water, and then I can, I can actually leave it there in the sink. It doesn't matter. Or I can do this. I can take it out like so and just put it. Avoid the pot because you can because you don't want it the oil to splatter. Mm -hmm. And right here is my starch water. Okay, and I'll put it right here. You use all, it's a lot. How much do you think that is? It's always, it's always good. You can always throw out more. You know what I mean? It's like, here's the box. I'll throw this over here. Mm -hmm. Just throw that. Who cares? <laughs> so, and now I got my, my pan with, with, um, that's on a medium flame, mm -hmm. you know? Okay. So Father Joe, I went to his plays and finally at the end of his career in uh, Catholic charity, he worked, he was a head of the Brooklyn Catholic Charities on Girolamine Street. 
and he had these big uh, fundraisers, I mean, plays he put on, The Music Man uh, at uh, Christ the King Church in Queens. And it was a lot of people, he raised a lot of money. And he also had the professional people who were part of the production come down to view the plays. I remember you had one of the writers of the song, songwriters of Music Man there. So you really were professional plays. A lot of people got their start. Not so many people that I know of went on to TV and everything, but they were really a really good play. So that's how I got my bug uh, for that. And even directing, which I do from time to time. That's how it happened, Melissa, you know? Do you remember your first paid gig that you had? Yes, my first paid gig. Well, there were two, but you know, one was in Montclair, New Jersey at uh, was Harry Brock in Born Yesterday. Mm -hmm. uh, and that was my first paid gig. I was at uh, learning at HB Studio. But then moving on from there, really the first paid gig, you know, that I really loved was uh, A Streetcar Named Desire, which I did with James Gambolfini. And we toured Scandinavia for three months. That was really my first paid gig that I really knew what I was doing. But Harry Brock and, um, and Born Yesterday, it was more of a caricature because I was quite young. That role required you to be like 50, 60 years old. You know what right. I'm saying? So. How was your relationship with James? Yeah, my, rela my relationship with James? Oh, mm -hmm. we, had a, we had a great time in Scandinavia. We became good friends. Afterward, we really didn't keep in touch. I think we were a little bit competitive. But then I stopped, I really, and when I came back, I decided, you know, I met a woman in Norway and I decided, I don't know if what acting was for me, although I still dabbled in it. It was eight, nine, 10 years before James came down to Carolines on Broadway. He remembered me through a friend mm -hmm. who befriended him at a party. And he said, if I was you, I would try to get my friend Bobby Fennaro a job on your successful soprano show. I said, oh, Bobby, how's he doing? And my friend Gordon, who uh, befriended him, that night at the party. Tom Is that Gordon working. Silva? Yes. Yay. Yeah, Gordon Silva. <laughs> I, I, right. I owe a lot to Gordon. You know, I mean, the Japanese have a thing called uh, a giri, which is, uh, you know, I mean, uh, it's an obligation to people who have helped you in your life, you know, and uh, like my mom and well, that goes without saying mom and dad and, and all the other family members, but uh, Gordon had the Cleones to go up to him and, and tell him that. And he remembered, James, remember that in season three, uh, they were casting and he came down to Caroline's. I, I, went, I was down there. I mean, I was going to work. I, I finally, I started as a doorman slash bouncer, mm -hmm. skinniest bouncer on Broadway. The comics used to make fun of me. <laughs> Bastards. You know? Yeah, but you're a very, big guy. How tall are you, Robert? I'm 6'3". I'm going to throw the onions in. Okay, listen to that beautiful sound. I love that sound. Uh, you like that sound? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's making me hungry. People who watch your show are going to love this dish. <laughs> Authentic Italiano. Yeah. So, James offered me, you know, said, I can't promise you anything, but, you know, go and see Georgianne walk in. She was actually, Caroline's on Broadway was 1626 Broadway. Georgianne was 1600 Broadway. So she was across the street. So to make a long story short, I was a manager. I had the keys to the place. When I finally got the audition, I stayed in Caroline's all night. I closed early in the morning and I went and I auditioned for Georgianne. I really did great. And then they asked me to go to Silver Cup and I auditioned and I got a role, you know, and that's how it happened to me. I had no agent. I was dabbling in acting, but not really seriously. But James remembered me. His, he was just one of, one of the greatest men I ever met in my life. Mm -hmm. Who had such a great heart. 
And he's the kind of guy like, like James Lipton asked him, if you were like his last question on the actors three, if you were God, what would you, if you had one thing to say to God, what would you say to him? And James said, uh, can I take over for a while? Really? Because James would balance the books for everybody and yeah. just make it the world a better place, you know, and that's the way he was. God rest his soul. We lost him 2013. Every, the world knows how great he was and, and truly how great his talent was. And, and more, more, more than that, how great a human being he was. And that's how really things happened for me. And from then, from there, I just kept, continued to work. The last thing I did was The Irishman, which was great to work with yeah. Robert De Niro. Yes. I know we... you Trump people don't like him, but listen, <laughs> he is a genius. So we're just, we're just stirring these onions and frying so beautifully, and we just want to make them translucent, you know? Mm -hmm. And you don't have to add anything, no salt, no yes. pepper. Mm -hmm. You're just making these nice, on a medium flame, nice and translucent, two onions. Okay, and maybe perhaps I'll write this recipe out for your website or something. This way people can remember it because I know I know I have to go back and remember. So Yes, please. Yeah. So now you're just making them nice and brown and caramelized. Yeah, we're caramelizing the, uh, the onions. And that is the secret to Rayo's sauce. Frank Pellegrino, who I did Lampost Reunion with, told me it took him six years to develop Rayo's sauce. And I said, well, what finally did it? How come six years? because we figured it out. Don't use sugar, use caramelized onions, and that made the difference. See, everybody? Thanks for that tip. Ingredient? <laughs> one little ingredient can change the whole world. So now it's worth like, like 400, and he sold, they sold it for $400 million. Wow, so, so far we should be get paid for the knives and for Rayo's uh, sauce, which actually is delicious. Yes. Um, and when it goes on sale, it's even more delicious. <laughs> yeah, it goes on sale. And the great thing is I think that they, although they saw, I think they sold the company, they still have the original recipes that Frankie developed with his chefs. You know, so that's, you don't have to worry about it, you know. Well, Rayos is very hard to get into, right? You need to be like a club member or something? Like well, the restaurant, yeah. I mean, you need to have, like, as people move on, uh, is a waiting list and you get on the waiting list right now of course everything has changed but there is a waiting list and everyone has a day that they go like um your day is wednesdays at seven and yes. then, you know, sometimes you can give that that seven o'clock you can raffle that off for charities like bo deedle and a lot of uh, uh, uh celebrities in new york bo especially do it for charities they give it out for a lot of people do that you know it's great they raffle it off and it's the rails is great you know? yeah Never been, but hopefully one day I'll... One day we'll go. We'll get the privilege of going. Well, I'll uh, have to talk to Vinnie Pastor and Stevie. My man Stevie. <laughs> yeah. My man Stevie Milano, you know, so Stevie will do that, you know? Yeah, totally. Now, this is frying a little bit too quick. I want to bring down the temperature because I see a little bit of brown on the, uh, on the onions. You really just want to make them translucent, you know? And I guess and we'll, do a, we'll do a nice... Go. Let's do a nice plug for Vinnie. I love Vinny. Vinny Pastore's got a sauce out there. There you go. <laughs> uh, it's very good sauce. I use it for pizza. Um, and it's up there with Frankie Rayo's. Absolutely. They, they have a great recipe there at A&S in the Bronx. Yes. A&S, I love. With Vincent's uh, help also because he had a hand in this too. Eating a lot of pasta. Have any? <laughs> Vinny's going to be on our show next month. He's he's a wonderful man, and um... I owe so much to Vinny in terms of working outside of the Sopranos 
because yeah. we have a theater company called the Renegade Nation Theater Company with Maureen Van Zandt, who, who played uh, um, on The Sopranos, uh, Gabriella. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and Vinnie was a really big integral part because, you know, you do six months on The Sopranos and you're off and, you, you, you know, you, you want to do something. And Vinnie really helped me out. He cast me in many of his plays, his own plays, Wild Children and uh, Lamp Post Reunion with Frank Pellegrino, mm -hmm. which was a great production. I am going to throw the sauce, two cans of Hunts or small tomato sauce. It doesn't matter, salt included, you can have salt in it. Hunts. Or unsalted, whatever you prefer. I like two that. Cans, mm -hmm. Two cans. I don't really prefer the Hunts. It's kind of a dark tomato tomato sauce. I really prefer the Del Monte mm -hmm. or, or the store brand. This is kind of dark, but you know, it's what I have, so you can do what you have. Yeah. Now you want to do one cup of one cup of the sauce. You do a little transfer. I can't show you the transfer like this. So you you're putting water, regular water in there? Yes, because you want to get the residue from the, the residue from the, uh, from the tomato can. And you'll add the one can. That's it. So that's easy. You've done that. You're going to stir it a little bit. Okay. And now we're going to spice it up. Half a teaspoon of salt, but I'm going to do the Italian way. Bam. Mm -hmm. and in I the would hand. Say, in the hand. I would say another half a teaspoon of, uh, of, um, Garlic powder, mm -hmm. all right, and then a pinch, a pinch of red pepper, just a pinch. That's my little secret. Pinch of red pepper. Nice. Okay, and then we're going to add some pepper. Um, you know, a little bit less than a, a half a teaspoon. Black pepper. Pe black pepper. Yes, black pepper. Mm -hmm. McCormick. McCormick. Sorry, brand branding. <laughs> I love it. And, uh, you know, just add a little bit more, a little bit more than half tea. If you want to just add a little bit. Now, here's the secret to the great. The secret is the oregano. The oregano really is, really makes it a dish. Uh, a teaspoon. And I was just going to stir it. Mm -hmm. And we're going to cook this about 15 minutes. You just want to bring it, bring it up to a boil mm -hmm. and see that, you know, when sauce is cooking, it kind of bubbles. And, of course, it bubbles. It boils. But you see the change in the color of the sauce. It gets a little yellow on top. That's when you know it's, it's brewing. So we want to brew it for about 10 to 15 minutes. About 15 minutes brewed at a medium flame. Okay. And then our dish is basically going to be over. That's, what's, that's how easy it is. This is like a 15-minute dish. You know? We got to throw the peas in. Yes, we're going to throw the peas in, <laughs> but we're going to cook the sauce first. Okay. So here, my, my question to you is... Um, so we can talk now because this is all, all we got to wait for this to go. All we're doing is stirring right now. All right, let's do it. So who are your idols growing up? Who are, who are my idols? Mm -hmm. um, Actors, artists, musicians. Only one answer. I remember it's a little bit... I was maybe seven years old and my brother and I were living on 18th Avenue and Bath Avenue, 18th and Bath. My dad used to work adjacent to the house. So if we got into trouble with mom, he would come over up the steps of a two family house and give us the strap. So it was the worst situation deal I had in terms of dad. He wasn't working away, he was right there. So we couldn't cut it up, me and my brother, we would get punished. Yeah. But anyway, that's, a, that's another story. Um, I remember us going together, taking the bus to Avenue X. Mm -hmm. And 
going to a school, let's go 216 over the Avenue X near A&S Pork Store Avenue. Big shout out to Stevie from the Avenue X Pork Store, one of the greatest pork stores, had the greatest rice pork and log bread to die for. Of course, when you're passing L&B, you may want to get a slice of pizza too <laughs> and a spumoni. Oh, but yeah. Besides that, with Richard, my brother Richard, doctor for now, my brother's a doctor and my mom and niece and God, you know, he's doing well. He had what COVID. kind of doctor is he? He had is COVID? He an, is he an internist? He had, yes, he did. He had, he had COVID-19. Oh, and he was, he, he, was, he was actually admitted to the hospital. You know? So we're so glad that we have him and, and everything worked out fine with him, you know? How is he now? Is he okay? I mean, He's doing great and he's saving yeah. lives. He's doing great and, he, and he's saving lives. So anyway, getting back to the story, mm -hmm. the buses, take a guess how much the bus was. What, way back when? Uh, 1960, 1966, 1966. 15 cents. <laughs> you know, you win the prize because it was 20 cents. Ding, ding, ding. 20 cents. You win the prize. 20 cents it was. Took the bus, had a transfer on 86th Street with John Travolta did Staying Alive. We, mm -hmm. did, you know, we passed Lenny's Pizzeria. We never went there that back then. I don't even know if it was open by then, but who knows. Anyway. Went to this hardware store, which still exists, but it's not a hardware store anymore. It's maybe it's somewhat a pseudo hall, but not the same people, of course, because mm -hmm. that was like nine, we were six years old. And we went in, and it was a hardware store used to carry records. And we went and bought the Beatles' Rubber Soul. I never forget it. And you ask me who my heroes were. The Beatles were a big influence on me. I love the Beatles, and and of course the Rolling Stones, but they were really a big influence in terms of acting. Well, every kid wanted to be Steve McQueen, you know, or Paul Newman, you know, and yeah. he was so cool. Cool Hand Luke, uh, Jackie Gleason, um, the, you know, um, the color of money, the hustler, you know, and those, and I, and I grew up with a lot of those films. My father and my uncle Nick loved to go to see films and we always go see films. Mm -hmm. So, you know, those were my heroes. I mean, Brando came along a little bit later on for me in terms of the Godfather and stuff like that, you know, so. What was your favorite role to play in your career? My favorite role? Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, I have to say that, you know, in terms of like profession, professional work, and I just want to get a little bit of a... We'll still know. brew in the, uh, the sauce. Yeah, I really didn't take... I guess it's been about... Uh, let me see. I think it's, it's been about about yeah. It's been it's three eleven, so another five six minutes on that. So okay. I usually, you know, I mean, who who? What was the question again? Listen, I'm sorry because I'm, I'm the question. <laughs> it's okay. Um, who was your favorite role to play in your career? Yeah, well, you know, professionally speaking, on Sopranos, uh, Eugene members only. That particular episode was. Uh, Although it was nerve wracking to have all that stuff to do and it was a lot of pressure. Yeah. In the end, I, I really liked the performance. I think it really exuded, um, it really it breathed, I breathed a lot of life into it. Part of it was, the, was the, uh, the anxiety of doing it and being carrying a show, helping carrying a show. Right. So that helped with the acting, you know what I mean? To be a little bit unsure and Eugene was very unsure. So, um, I would say that that was the greatest professional role I've done. But the, I guess the, my most favorite role was a guy named um, Abel Norco. was called Enigma Variations. Mm -hmm. It was about a famous writer who gave up the love of his life for his career. And in the end, she passes away and 
she, her friend who, her roommate who happens to be gay, goes to see the writer and he's, he makes believe he was married to her and he kind of reveals to him that she truly loved him and that he made the wrong choice. And he does, uh, in the end, the cathartic thing is that he, he does realize that, you know, although he has all the success and fame, um, that he really is a lonely person and that perhaps he should have chose love instead of ambition. Most writers are think. lonely. <laughs> yes, there you go. You're a writer too. So you know, you know the deal. But if you ever get somebody that you truly, always make the right choice. Choose love, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Can't buy me love. Oh, everybody tells me so. <laughs> so can we talk about, um, I, yeah. was, I was very intrigued by your performance. Uh, and I know that we've spoken about this before with Eugene at the end when they killed wow. him and you were fantastic. Right. Um, so you strangled, Eugene strangled himself. <laughs> So what was that I hung like? Myself. I hung myself. You yeah. hung yourself. So well, how? Well, I mean, you know, um, I mean, here's the thing. And I speak to people, I tell them, I, I, I always go back to like, I mean, um, you know, Brando always said something about on the waterfront, the scene in the car with Rod Steiger. You know, I could have been somebody. I could have been a contender. Instead of, I'm a, you know, I'm a, a one-way ticket to pull a loser. The one way ticket, you know, and how many people really could have been contenders and, and their chance was ripped away from them. So, you know, I knew that up until members only, uh, it was, you know, Snapple Bottle to, to Little Carmine's head. Hey, you got, you're the guy that, that Snapple Bottle and that's great. You smashed them. But, you know, I, I think I had a little bit more substance to, to my, myself in terms of what to do. And I, I was just so happy to get that script and, because I knew that a guy that wants to get out, how many people want to get out of their situations? Yeah. They're in and even now, um, and, and God bless everybody, don't do what Eugene did because there's help on the way. But yeah. you know, they want, to get out. Out of their, they want to get out of their situations. So that alone is a human condition. And Brando said, well, everybody could have been a contender. So I, I said, well, this is a good script because a lot of people are going to identify. And Brennan also said that if any other actor did it, he would have been remembered too. Maybe not as well as him and his craft. He was a genius. But they would have remembered because of that human. People identify. And that's what great drama does. It makes you uh, think about you know, how you live and, 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 and your choices in life. Mm -hmm. So that was really the, um, um, the, the thing with members only. And um, I mean, the rest is, you know, I did it. And, and, you know what I mean? So. So how was that scene? How did they do that scene? And how did you prepare for that mentally? Well, um, I need a drink for that. Hold on a second. Okay. Ah, Coquito. Little Coquito. Junior. My man Junior's <laughs> Coquito. Junior Torres. Anyway. <laughs> we're almost done with this. Hold on a second. I want to just say one thing. I'm going to get back to the people. Sure. Two cans of peas. Any kind of cans of peas. One with the juice, right? And the other one, we're going to drain the juice. This is my sister's thing. She drains one can, Sister Annie. Interesting. Drains one can, and she puts the other can in. So now we put that in, and we're going to simmer it. We're just going to simmer it. we got to cook the peas, so we got to simmer it. It's going to change a little color. We're going to cook the peas. 
And uh, Mama adds just a little bit of something I'm going to do for Mama's sake. I would never think a of little, adding the pecor water. A little Pecorino Romano, just a Thank little you. bit. Boom. Uh, and boom. Just like that. Like I would that. never think of adding the um, pea sauce in the... What do you mean? Pea, when, the oh, pea the pea sauce, yeah. Well, you want to get a, a good consistent, gives it a nice flavor, Melissa, you know? So we'll stir that. And now we're good. And thank you for all your information on your acting career. And I know that you love music. So tell yeah, us about your music, because you're well. Uh, Where does music the, take you? Because I know you like like classical. I know that you're into like well, all the. I'm into all forms, like yeah. all forms, like all forms of music: opera, uh, uh, Pavarotti, uh, uh, classical, Moonlight Sonata. You know, um, I mean, they all kind of fit into one they all come together in terms of uh, creating mood feeling i mean everyone can identify this whole covid crisis i've been listening to a lot of music yeah as a matter of fact i kind of post on my facebook page like i've got about 230 songs i'm about 40 days behind but i started late and then there's days that you don't feel like doing it and everything but i try to uh listen to on uh, i listen to little steven's underground garage gets for the oldies and for him yeah, because uh, he has a class, his band, you know, Little Steven and the Soul, Soul, the Soul, and his Soul group. They're great. And of course, yeah. Bruce, the E Street Channel, I listen to. And I do like Spectrum, uh, the Spectrum Channel on Sirius Radio because they have a lot of new artists. And I always like being up on the new artists. I'm just not stuck in the past. I love the past, like Led Zeppelin and stuff like yeah. that, or, or Stained and. Uh, you know, I mean, Pearl Jam and, and all those things. But, you know, you know how music does. It's like, I think Shakespeare said it. It's a, it does something to the soul. Um, I forgot there was a, a soliloquy in one of his plays. Um, could be The Merchant of Venice, I'm not sure. But anyway, so yeah, I do love music. I love seeing live music. I saw Chris Cannell, uh, an audio slave who, who passed away, who died of suicide. Um, um, but he was a great singer. I saw him at uh, Roseland. He died a couple of years ago, right? He, yeah, Roseland yeah. Ballroom. I, uh, I think it was the ballroom. Roseland Ballroom it was a great concert, and he was a great performer. Tom Morello, the Foo Fighters, uh, you know, Dave Grohl, the whole, all, that, yeah. all those guys, even, you know, Kurt Cobain. So, so, you know, it's all good stuff, you know? Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing your music with us. So what is your next move? Do you have any new projects coming up? Well, besides auditioning, and there have been really um, very few auditions, and now with everything uh, shutting down, yeah. uh, and, and a lot of the production companies are, are just uh, hedging their bets and just opening up in January, maybe February, hopefully things get going by March, April. I've been working on a play uh, called Paulie Walnuts is My Barber. No pun to Paulie, the real Paulie Walnuts. The guy is a barber, but he doesn't like to be called Paulie Walnuts. It's about this um, this man who, who is a, he has a, a kind of a crew. You know, I play a Jackie and he has a crew and, mm -hmm. but he has a young girl that lives with him who perhaps he likes younger women. And uh, he may have had a, he did have a relationship with her at one time, but she's kind of a misfit, you know? Mm -hmm. But eventually she grows out of the whole thing. He's kind of older and everything. And she goes on the lam and he gets bent out of shape about the whole thing. And he has his friends who try to placate him and try to help him and, and his lawyer and stuff like that. In the meantime, he's had a lot of 
past loves that never really worked out. And the cathartic thing is that they have this big climactic scene in the end between them both, Jackie and, um, and, and, um, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> too much, too much coquito. <laughs> and Frankie, too much, and Jackie and Frankie, have to, so they, they kind of, in the end, in the end, they have this big climactic scene and she does move on, you know, yeah. and he has to accept the fact that, you know, he's gotten older and his chance, just like uh, Abel's Norco, he's lost his chance. But he's still, the only difference between this and Abel in Enigma Variations is that he still has his friends. Mm -hmm. The Italians the, were great in that way that we still have friends. And, and um, I want to just lower this a second because okay. it's boiling a little bit too much. Okay. It's almost ready to be thrown. So anyway, he, um, he had this big scene and she leaves. Um, she's kind of like an artist and everything. And she's kind of, you know, she's, I guess it's like a Dre Di Matteo, mm -hmm. you know, but she's living with these, uh, with him. Uh, and they're proud of their relationship has not really been anything intimate for a while. Right. But they have built up, and it's always like, you always, when you connect like that, you always build up this, like a, a relationship with someone and she sticks around because she really needs him to support him. He supports her. Yeah. So he's got a lot of money. He's kind of a little bit slightly connected. And, uh, and he's a singer. He, his name is Jackie Palermo. He's a, he's a lounge singer. That's kind of his, and he's done some films with Marty Scorsese. A little bit like Bo Deedle. He's done some films with him. And that's a subplot that Scorsese's casting a film. And that kind of saves him in, his, in the end. His career is right. saved. I don't want to give the ending, but that's what it's about. And his friends and, and uh, Gordon plays uh, his, his close friend. And... Um, um, is this yeah, a play and, uh, that you directed or you're just no, no, Frank, Frank is directing it. Oh, okay. Know, he's, a, he's written and he's a director. So we want to try to get it up once or maybe do it for film, like a TV film. Um, sometime when this whole crisis is over, when we can, when we can do it, you know, okay. Paulie Wallet. So that's the next project, I suppose, I suppose just keep on auditioning too, you know, so. Yeah. Well, we wish you luck with that. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Let's, we're going to throw this pasta because it's... All right, like, let's do it. I can't wait to see talk. this. And the pasta's kind of got hard a little bit. And I use my hands because all Italians use their hands. That's right. Don't let them, think, don't let them fool you. <laughs> you know, the French chef, she uses a little bit of a spoon. <laughs> we use this. A, a nice spoon. Oh, you don't have a wooden spoon? Come on, I got a wooden spoon. <laughs> no, I got a wooden spoon, but... I wanted to use my hands. I wanted to get it over with, kind of. I you love know, it. And, uh, and now we're going to just sort, leave the gas on mm -hmm. and put it together a little bit. And let it saute just a bit. And let the, uh, the, the, the pasta kind of, let's, let me give you a close-up a little bit Thank on this. Thank you. It looks so good. You see that pretty good there now? Yes. Oh, my God. And that's all the juices, the peas and everything. And, uh, I'll you just know. Have, I'll have my water. Okay, you have your water. <laughs> but that's, that's God, does that look good? Yeah, it's very good. And, and what you know, is this called? Peas and macaronis. Well, I guess you don't want to say onions. This is peas and macaroni. Onions is an integral part of it, you know? Yeah. Now, it's a little bit sticky. It's a little sticky there. So, you know, I can add a little bit of starch water to it, like a goupine. Beautiful. A little goupine of starch water, just to give it a little bit of juiciness. Not a lot. 
You don't want to overdo it with the starch water because you don't want to lose that flavor. Right. You know? But we were cooking this a little bit longer because I was talking and I wanted to add a little bit of a, a little bit more juice to it. You know what I'm saying? You guys, this looks so good. You have to head over to um, my YouTube channel, Melissa Billy Clark Show, so you can see Robert in action. Well, we'll throw a little cheese on there and we're yes. done. And when you serve it, you serve it in, it's important that you serve it. I got this from Joe Ganascoli. Joe is a terrific chef from Brooklyn, from Bay Ridge. He had a restaurant called 101, and he does private events, private things in Long Island. Joe Ganascoli, who played Vito Spaffatore. <laughs> and he always served at his restaurant the dishes in the cast iron pan. And I thought that was just such a great idea, like a common, you know, it's a common dish. And he served dishes such as this in these pans. Here we go. Delicious. All right. Delicious. Okay, Don. I wish I can taste some. It's so good. I'm still waiting for my invitation for the rest of the food. You're going to come. You're going to definitely, <laughs> I want you to come. Once this is over, you know, you come out. Yeah, come out. I know. We have to be careful with mama. Um, yes. So yeah. this is so amazing. Please head over to Robert's Instagram, uh, Robert underscore Fanaro, F-U-N-A-R-O, and you can see all of his dishes. It was a pleasure cooking for you, Melissa. Thank and you. And for all of America, I wish you the best with your new making a difference than you are. Thank you very much. God bless. If you have a vegan product, make your vegan claim official with the only accredited vegan trademark in the world. Visit www.beveg.com. That's www.beveg.com to apply now. Making a Difference is sponsored by Preferred Health Magazine. Please visit www.preferredhealthmagazine.com today and subscribe.